it can be difficult because a lot of people find it hard to go into a room full of strangers and just start talking to them. But I think if it's something that makes you nervous, it's just remembering that probably most people feel nervous as well. I'm Colin Gray and this is UK Business Startup. This week we're getting into one of those areas of business that really splits the crowd. Some people love it and even more hate it. But there's little doubt that if you do it right, it can be one of the best ways to grow your business. And it has a bunch of benefits besides that. You might have guessed by now, of course, we're talking business networking. A lot of people think that networking is just that thing which some of us who are quite odd do at 7.30 in the morning um, where we meet up at formal networking events and have breakfast with other people. But networking is about every connection you make along the way. That was Stefan Thomas, the author of Business Networking for Dummies. He's one of the top UK experts in this area, so he knows how to get networking right. We'll be hearing plenty from him on this episode, along with a few old friends as well. Talking of which, here's Alison Colley again from Real Employment Law Advice on how she sees networking. When I set up my business, actually going to networking and meeting people who had either set up their own businesses or who are providing the sorts of services that I needed as a business was crucial. Um, there's no better way of building trust than at networking. You, you can tap into those resources. It's a bit cliche now, but it is true that people buy from people that they know, like and trust. Okay, And not only that, people refer business to people that they know, like and trust as well. And the only way to get known by people And for people to like you and to trust you is to build a relationship with people. That was Chris Marr, founder of the Content Marketing Academy. He talked a lot about trust on our marketing episode, and here it is again. This ties back to what Stefan told us earlier. It's those connections and the trust you build with them. Those are the people that send you clients or might even become clients themselves. But at this point, you might be thinking, this just doesn't apply to me. It's only for B2B companies, isn't it? Well, Chris has a good way for you to figure it out. We look back over the last six months and sort of look at, look at where our businesses come from. And we always write down two or three names. That piece of business came from that person. This bit of business came from that person. And what you start to realise actually is that people are massively involved in your business. And if you're not, if people just don't know who you are, then you're less likely to get business. So we do coaching calls, especially with people who are just starting their business. And one of the big things always comes up is, well, they say to me, we're not getting enough business. And I I immediately ask them, well, how big is your network? What are you doing to actively grow your network? And they're just simply not doing enough to get out there and to be known by people. So it's not just trust, it's visibility, isn't it? No matter what type of business you have, you can always be more visible. The problem is, this personal connection caper is pretty time consuming. How do you make sure you're making that time worthwhile? I don't mean going meeting everybody, you know, not going to have a coffee with every single person because it can be a massive time suck. What you need to be good at is qualifying people that you want to connect with. So people who have influence, people who clearly are good at introducing people to other people, and people who have quite big networks are the people you're looking to to spend time with. So what you're not trying to do, right, and I guess this is kind of like the next question is, it's not just about spending time with people that could be potential customers, because that's sort of thinking quite small. You've got to think quite big. So you actually want to meet people that have bigger influence. They might never, ever buy from you, but they might be they, they will probably introduce you to other people. They will probably recommend your services to other people. 
It's well put. You might well find some direct clients through networking, but the big wins are in the wider viral effect. You get to know 10 people in a networking group and suddenly you're the roof repair guy, not only for them, but their entire network. When their friend says, man, my roof just fell in, who do you think they're going to tell them about? Okay, so that makes sense. Looks like the time's well worth it, as long as you're smart about how you spend it, that is. And remember too, that time is just another kind of currency. Here's how Stefan sees it. I treat my networking as as part of my marketing spend. That's an investment to my business because I know that an awful lot of the big opportunities that I've got coming up in the coming year and that I've had in the last couple of years have come from a little conversation at a networking event. And, And if I go to networking events, conferences, seminars, whatever it happens to be, then I'm more likely to start more of those conversations, which lead to the big opportunities. So Stefan knows it's worthwhile for him. He's tracking those opportunities and where they lead. But then Stefan's a pro. What about mere mortals like us? Well, here's Julie Christie from Tea Break Talk. I didn't do anything like that for about three years. And then when I did that, everything changed pretty much. Over the course of a couple of months, I realised that everything was changing because of the people that I was meeting in this group just expanding my network, but also encouraging me to think about my business differently. Um, People who were having successes in different areas from me, I was able to question them and learn from them and vice versa. This is interesting. She's pretty clear that her network brings big direct benefits, but she's also starting to delve into the other upside because we know that for all the things we love about running a business, it's not all shiny rainbows. I was a wee bit worried I might be lonely when I first started my business working for myself. But because of the networking I've done, I've met amazing people, actually. And people who I feel are much more, much more like-minded and much more attuned to the sort of ambitions I've got and, and where I want my life to go than maybe people who I would happen to work alongside. I always enjoyed going into work and having good relationships with my colleagues and so on. But I feel like um, there's there's something that, that people who have their own business have in common. Um, they've kind of got that vision and that ambition. And it's just great to be around those sort of people. It's actually about developing those relationships to see how we can help each other and how we can collaborate and who we can introduce each other to. And um, it's a huge, huge benefit of having a business that I hadn't expected. You know, every week you're with these people who are passionate about their businesses and we're all talking about our business and how we can move it forward. But because you're meeting them the next week, you're really motivated to go back and work on those things that you've been talking about. So I've met some amazing people through that and in doing that, it has changed the direction of my business and improved my business and made me think with a lot more clarity about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. For me, it's been absolutely huge, huge part of growing my business. But also in business, I think that networking helps you to build a structure, to build a support structure around you um, and a network of supportive people, which to my mind is just as important as sales. There's no doubt that running a business can be a pretty lonely, isolating job. If you're working yourself, who do you turn to for help, for support, even for some simple feedback on something? Well, for Laura, Julie and Stefan, it's their network. As they all said there, they've met people through networking, built relationships, found support, 
and they've really grown their business as a result. Alright, I'm hoping you're at least a bit convinced, but there's a good chance you've still got a few reservations. Networking does carry a lot of baggage. I got a sign of this when I asked Pete Matthew if he sees any value in networking. Absolutely, though it can drive fear into the hearts of a lot of people. I'm a natural introvert. If I go to a party, you'll usually find me in the corner on my cell phone. Um, But I've, I've taught myself to be better because it's important to have relationships. It's, it's amazing where relationships can go. I even found out that Stefan, our networking guru, he took a while to find his feet as well. Not only have I covered it hundreds of times, but of course I've been there myself. This this wasn't something that I was born to do. My, my very first networking event, I really did stand awkwardly in the corner. So, And that was um, sometime in 2005. So there's an awful lot of that I've, I've learned since then. It definitely makes me feel better knowing that I'm not the only one who feels like a total lemon every time I walk into an event like this. I always find myself making a meal over pouring a coffee. It's a great way of delaying that moment when I have to turn around and try not to look panicked, just hoping that somebody will come and talk to me. The thing is, it's natural to feel like that, but it's always fine in the long run. If you're not sure if it's for you or not, go and find out, basically. It can be difficult because a lot of people find it hard to go into a room full of strangers and just start talking to them. But I think if it's something that makes you nervous, it's just remembering that probably most people feel nervous as well. You've got something in common with everyone. And just really being open to having those conversations. And you'll hopefully find, I know I've certainly found that networking events I've gone to are very open and welcoming and people are interested to hear about you and they're, they're keen to tell you about them. So it's, it's not as hard as, as you might think it is. Okay, so we'll get over the fear and we'll give it a try. First step, I suppose, is finding a group. The very first thing that I would do would be to Google networking events in your town, wherever your town happens to be. Look for the local chamber of commerce. They are very likely to have some sort of networking event there. It's pretty likely in most towns in the UK that you will also have networking organisations such as 4Networking, of which I'm a member, and BNI and other networking organisations that exist. Thanks, Stefan. That's simple enough. So once we're there, how do we get over the fear and make that first introduction? People, I think, look for some clever answer as to how to start a conversation with someone. And what I have found works best is to go for the lowest common denominator. So if you've grabbed a cup of coffee, it's very likely that there are other people grabbing coffee at the same time. Talk about coffee. Talk about parking. Talk about the fact that everyone got caught in traffic this morning. You, you, you're in that enviable position, working event or conference or seminar, that you immediately have something in common with everyone in the room. And an awful lot of my early sales training was about finding that thing that you have in common with someone so that you can start talking to them on common ground. My usual one is just to catch somebody's eye at the coffee table and say something like, hey, how's your day been? It's simple, easy and usually gets people talking about something they're interested in and it also tends to give me a clue on whether it's someone I can get on with because if they just start moaning about their day then they're obviously not the most positive of people. One thing that helps me on those times when I do feel a bit self-conscious is just to try and find someone that looks more nervous than me and help them feel better. Um, And that can be a a really effective way of actually forgetting about your own hang-ups 
And if you make the conversation about the other person, you're much more likely to have an impact. And sometimes we'll go in and we feel like we're supposed to have this perfect elevator pitch and you should go in, say your elevator pitch and walk out with a client. Well, that's not really the purpose of it. It's just about getting to know people. And it's really about just looking for things that you've got in common. Be the person that introduces yourself to other people. Don't go sell. Don't sell to people. Just go and meet people. Make friends with people. That's what I always used to say when I go to events. It's like, who can I make friends with today? And that's one of the best things you can do because people hate being sold to and they can see it a mile off. They can see you sort of like gearing up to hand your business card over and people hate it. They just absolutely hate it. So the best thing to do is to almost forget that you are selling anything at all and just try and meet people and make friends with people. Laura and Chris are spot on here for me. You can always spot the serial networkers. That's those folk that see it as nothing more than a chance to push out as many business cards as they can. I really don't know how they can't see what a turnoff that is. They're not building any kind of relationships and that's where the value lies. Now you might remember Andy Brown from Triple Your Clients. He takes it a step further. He doesn't just think about building relationships. He gives even more value to a few of his business groups. I'm on the committee there and also on the committee of the St Andrews Merchant Association. Even though I'm not actually a merchant, don't have a shop or anything in St Andrews, uh, I joined the committee because... I'm all about being useful and giving value, particularly in a local area. It's not a me, 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 me situation. It's just I, I think you do get a lot of benefit from just giving. You've got to be mindful of your own time. But uh, I, I kind of say, look, I've got these skills that relate to the Internet. I can probably help, even though you've got an, uh, a presence on the high street. I can help, for instance, the association. And then with the, um, the business club, they have a website, so I update that. And just by definition that I'm updating now, I get in contact with all the people that come and speak at the the business club. So part of Andy's networking is doing just a little bit of work for that club. That's stuff that he finds pretty easy, but it helps to grow that trust, that reputation that makes him more prominent in the network. It's all about giving, really. And what's that cliche? You get what you give. Stefan sums up well here. The way that I treat any networking event is to to ask a lot of questions, to find out a lot about the other people in the room, and to get to know them. I very rarely try and push my services on people at networking events. Right, we've been along to an event, we've beaten the fear and we've made a few friends. But what will we do next? What happens after that first conversation? If you think about this for a second, when you and I finish this conversation, a number of things will happen. You've got your next appointment to get to. You've got your client that you've missed a call from. And those little conversations that you had at the event start to slip out of your memory. Now, the same happens to everyone else in the room. So it's your job to continue to remind them that you exist. It's not their job to continue to remember you bring the business cards home with you, ping them an email. Just say, hey, it was great to meet you today. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you sometime in the future. And then stay in touch. That's the big thing. There are two things that I I talk about a lot in terms of follow-up. Active follow-up. That's when someone said, Stefan, I'm really interested in, in what you do. And in that case, I make a point to actively follow up, to phone them the next day and say, really like that you're interested in what I do. Can we talk about it more? Passive follow-up. Passive follow-up is, I think, where most people lose because actually keeping gently in touch with people over weeks, months, and in in my case, sometimes even years, 
that's the thing that has often led to the hidden opportunities, the opportunities that I would never have spotted that come out of the woodwork a few months or even years later. I know myself how easy it is to miss this out. We talked earlier about making sure it's worth the time you invest. Well, the problem is, without that follow-up, it doesn't really matter how well you do in person, nothing's going to come of it. You need to get yourself a system. Chris mentioned the business cards there. Put them somewhere you'll always find them when you get back to the office. Then put that in your process, something that you always look up that place after an event. And always try and do it right away. Like Stefan says, this stuff fades from your memory really quickly. With all of the tools that we have in 2015, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, email, the telephone, all of these ways of keeping in touch with people, and yet there's a staggering statistic that 87% of people never follow up after networking meetings. So if you just do that, if you just make an effort to keep in touch with people, in a very gentle, non-salesy way, then you're immediately putting yourself ahead of the competition. A trick I always use is just to write a few words on that business card. Just something that will remind you who that person is, what you had in common, what's worth following up on. Having those little nuggets in the follow-up contact or the email really separates you from the rest, as Stefan said. And if nothing else, it reminds you who the card belonged to. I've found many a card weeks later and had no clue where I got it. Now, Stefan mentioned a bunch of mediums there, so it's worth digging into that a little bit. Email, for me, is always the first stop. I'll do that for the main follow-up. But social media can be a great addition. I also treat all of my social media activity as networking as well, because all the way along, I'm either making new connections or I'm strengthening my existing connections. So pretty much everything that we do in our day-to-day business is networking. So for Stefan, actually, social media can support his existing connections and it can be a first contact for others. You'll remember Patricia McGuire from Purple Select. She had a few thoughts on social networking too. Sometimes when I look at the way my staff network, I think really they spend too much time on social networks and the online platforms doing this. And to be honest with you, they're really, really, really valuable. And again, you need to think, where are the people you need to talk to? What platforms are they on? And start building relationships with them. And if you're using online platforms, so if you're using Twitter or Facebook or or whatever, it's not enough to be on those platforms. You need to interact with people, offer advice, tell people when they've given you some advice that's really worked, just interact like you would do with in a normal everyday life and you will find that that works very well and business will start being referred to you. But I still believe that you cannot beat face-to-face relationships. For Patricia, you can build a network online as you'd expect, but it doesn't replace face-to-face. I'd say it's a valuable part of your networking, but just not the whole of it. I think if you're into offline networking, I think online networking can really enhance that because I'll give you a great example, actually. So a great friend of mine is Kate McQuillan, who has Petsitters Ireland. She's a really keen blogger. And I met her briefly at the Content Marketing Academy conference in 2014. So I met her once and uh, we met, she talked at the conference and uh, 
I was very impressed with what she'd achieved through blogging, but we didn't really get much of a chance to speak to each other. But I really got to know her in the Content Marketing Academy Facebook group. And then I really got to know her personally on Facebook, just from like chatting and interacting. And it's it's developed into a full-blown friendship now. She's as much my friend as, as anyone that, you know, I've known since school days or anything like that. And she's a business friend and she's a personal friend as well. I love that story in that it shows the value of putting long-term effort into your network. It's not just those one-off meetings and it's not even just that one follow-up right after it happens. It's beyond that, making sure that you're building relationships long-term and not just for your own benefit, but really creating a partnership with everyone in your network. The process doesn't stop. And in 2015, when, when, when you and I are talking, it is so easy to keep in touch with people. And it's the biggest mistake that most people make is not to keep in touch with people. I think sometimes when it's business networking, we can think it's all about business, but it's actually all about just building a relationship. And it doesn't matter what you build that relationship on. I think just take the pressure off yourself and enjoy getting to know people, really. Find half a dozen people who are like you, small business owners like you, but maybe in different um, markets, and just help each other, and you'd be surprised where that'll end up. This is Colin Gray on UK Business Startup, hoping that I've given you the motivation you need to get out there and start building your own network. I promise you, it'll end up being one of the most valuable assets in your business. Now, we're nearly at the end of this season. We'll be tying it up next week with some key takeaways from the series and giving you an insight into what's coming next. We're also going to be running a little competition leading up to the launch of Season 2, so do make sure you tune in next time around to find out more about that. Also, a wee request in the spirit of this episode. I'd love to ask you for a little referral of your own. So I hope I've helped you figure out some of this crazy journey we call business. And if you feel like that's built a bit of trust, then I'd love to call you part of my own network. So if that's the case, then could you do one small thing? Uh, Have a think about one person you know that might well like this show. Fire up your email, send them the link, and copy us in if you think it'd help. We're on info at thepodcasthost.com. If you can do that, it'd mean a huge amount to me and the team, and it'll help us get this out to more people, hopefully helping as many folk as we can in the long run. But that's it for this week. This show is created by The Podcast Host, produced by Matthew McLean, written and narrated by me, Colin Gray, and we're part of the 3B Podcast Network. That stands for British Business Broadcasting. You can check out the other shows on the network at 3bpn.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.